Razaban IFL TV in association with MTK Global with me on Zoom today, uh, Dave Colwell. Dave, uh, how are we doing? I'm all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty good. Decent. Ready to go back into the bubble. Uh, before we proceed about anything boxing, how's the family? I know the world's still in lockdown. We're not going to speak about all of that stuff, but just generally family all well and safe? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Just um, getting on with it. Good, good stuff. Dave, um, quite a successful night for you uh, on Saturday night. Um, let's start off with Lee Wood, teamed up with obviously Ben Davis and um, a great performance, a great knockout victory. Um, and now the British champion as well. Yeah, I'm I'm over the moon for Lee. Uh, that belt means a lot to him. He's 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 been after that belt for a long time. Um, the whole reason for him going into the MTK tournament because he thought he, he thought he was going to fight for the British title. Um, so yeah, um, better late than never. But he got his opportunity, and I thought he did really well. Um, the improvements that they're working on with Ben, you could see. Um, taking place in there, taking shape in there. And uh, Reese Mould was a great challenger, gave it everything, which is what, what we expected. But um, yeah, Lee did a good job there. Dave, you know, when you obviously, I know you're, you promote, you manage, you tr coach and train as well. So someone like Lee Wood, who I'm sure before going to Ben may have spoken to you about that transition and that change, but were you not an option for him as well? Or were you just focused on just managing him? Just focus on managing Lee. Yeah. And obviously, when he fought on the golden contract, obviously he lost that, the fight. Did he feel like this was his opportunity for the British title and thought, okay, they're taking the British title away now and the British board, um, this is my chance going to win that British title outright? Yeah. Do you know, it was... It, when you're coming off, uh, you know, he had he's had a good run. But then ultimately he, he got beat by Jazza. Sometimes you can feel as though, where am I going to go next? It's a long route back. I've got to, you know, I've got to go through all the steps again to get there. And sometimes you can, you know, opportunities come where you can slip people in and, and get them a shortcut. And that's what happened. And you know, he, when he got the, the opportunity to fight for that title, he, he was hundred percent. No matter what it took, he was going to win that fight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of him. He's, uh, he's made sacrifices. He's had a, you know, very, very long, difficult sort of career. Um, lots of downs to go with the, the ups that he's had. Um, but you know, he's, he's, he's got some show for it. He obviously won the Commonwealth title. He, he you know, um, the uh, WBO European that he, that he won. But it's won the British title. That's the one that he wanted. And now he's won that. Now it, you know, and the, and the passion that he won it, um, it puts him in in good stead now to reach for higher things now, reach for higher accolades, and and see how far he can go with his career. No, absolutely. Hope you price uh, last minute change of opponent. I know that's not ideal. Yeah. Um, no. Also, wasn't ideal that hope hope he's obviously joined you becoming professional in the time of a pandemic when you're not getting enough yeah. date etc so what is kind of the plan with hoping that is it to fast track him because normally it's there's learning fights but what is the, the plan moving forward these are learning fights what you know he's not fighting guys that that aren't going to try and win you know he's, he's he's right from the start he's fought guys that are throwing punches that are trying to win you know uh johnny phillips came at him 
this guy came out and, and Mendoza, we watched every single fight he's had, even the fights where, he, where he's got beat, he's, he's throwing, you know? But Hope is very good. So he can take that away from him. And the, the problem that I had with that fight was it was last minute. It was literally the last day that we could get an opponent. Otherwise, he wasn't fighting. Um, and it's difficult to see how tall they are. I'm be short, but I kind of thought it would be, don't laugh. I kind of thought it was going to be my height. But as it turned out, it was smaller. It was even smaller than me. He had big hair and it was even smaller than me. Now, yeah, wow. They do exist out there. There are people out there that are a touch shorter than me. <laughs> Carl Frampton. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, Carl. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, Spencer Oliver. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not often I can talk shit about I, is it? <laughs> Isabel Salas. Um, yeah, so uh, the problem is that he's very, very tall and he crouched down, which made him about literally about four foot nine, eight. And Hope is massive. So Hope is literally punching downwards and it's very, very difficult. Um, but yeah, he handled it well, picked out some really good counters. And the important thing for me is like what we've been working on, his inside work, his inside game, nullifying people and knowing what to do on the inside when they get in there. Because Mendoza likes to let his hands go when he gets in close, as do most Nicaraguans and Mexicans and people like that. Um, but he nullifies that. And he, 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 was, he was very, very good. Very, very effective. Um, experience. Know a little bit more. I have to be a little bit more aggressive next time on the inside. Tall fighters, rangy fighters aren't very good on the inside. But he's developing really nicely. And it was his fourth fight. After being let down, thinking you can have a big local Leeds derby against a 16 and 1, that falls through. Then we get him another Mexican that's a very good Mexican. He's up for that. That falls through. Then a decent Mexican. That falls through. And then we get left with what's left. So you, I'm, I'm happy with him. When do you anticipate hoping to be out next? Soon as. As soon as he'll be, he'll have this week off, and then he'll be back in the gym next week and ready to go again whenever, whenever Eddie can fit him on, uh, on a slot. Like you said, you know, ideally he, he was supposed to be fighting seven times in his first year. That went out of the window. Um, so I just need him. He's twenty years old, but he's very, very good. I mean, you you ask anybody he spars with, you know, from whether it's Jordan, Lee Wood, uh, uh, Leon Woodstock, uh, Appleyard, even. You speak to people that he's been in the ring with, and he is very good, you know. Um, and it's not when he's just very good when he's on top and he's having a comfortable spa. Ask Dominic Ingle about, you know, when 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 Barry's in there with him and ragging him about and doing what Barry does. He's learned so much off of Barry. Um, so and he's got the temperament for that. So I'm, I'm over the moon with this kid, and it's a like I say, it's a long term project, and um, he's. You know, it's, it's developing nicely. Away from your uh, fighters, Dave, um, it was a great show of boxing. Uh, I just want to go back to the chief support. We saw Zelfa Barrett versus Kiko Martinez. Seems like Kiko Martinez has been around forever. Um, still rugged, still strong. Scorecards. You know what I'm going to say about Kiko Martinez, aren't you? Shorter than you, I think. <laughs> there you go! Was, do you know what? That bubble... 
I'm strutting around like I'm some sort of fucking giant. <laughs> Looking down on people. Well, maybe, maybe not a giant. Maybe I just walk around feeling as I was like normal, normal average height whenever I bump into certain people. That was quite comfortable. Um, no, See, Kiko Martinez. How many times have we said, he's old, he's finished, he's done. Fucking hell, he's perfect opponent. And then he keeps coming back like a bull in a china shop. He's just, he's unbelievable, he is. Unbelievable. Um, and I thought at that weight coming up, Obviously, he was most effective at Super Bantam, was, was good at Feather. I thought at Super Feather, it might be too, too, just too small. Um, but he wasn't. Anyway, he, it was a good, good fight. Very good fight. Obviously, I just want to make this very clear. Zelfa Barrett, the decision and the scorecards are obviously nothing to do with him. He, he can't control mm -hmm. that. But were you mm -hmm. shocked with the 180-111? Oh, yeah. I, I think everybody was. Whether you... Whether you I thought it was close. I thought Kiko nicked it or a draw. Um, but either way, whoever you think won it, a close fight means it can go either way. A little, you know, around here, around there. When you're talking scorecards like that, it's just like, wow, shit, that's bad. Um, and I just, if we talk about it to death, it's not a lot. Changes when we talk about it, the board will say it's subjective, which it is. Boxing is about opinions. It's about opinions. Um, but it's like, um, explain. How did you come to that decision? What made you think that he won? Right, listen, if I have an opinion on a fight and you don't agree with it, ask in a reasonable manner. Not ah, this one fuck you know this. I'm not talking about that. Ask, how do you have been winning it? And I'll say, I thought this, 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 this. But the problem is that the judges aren't being asked these questions, so the fans aren't giving any answers, and they're just thinking, how the fuck have you got to that? It's bullshit. It's corrupt. It's oh, these house fighters. This blah blah, and it's not good for the British game. Just it's not good for boxing. Full stop. But um, if you just are allowed to ask the judges how, then they'll explain, and then it's a you know reasonable people can understand that different people see things different ways. We all have different opinions, you know. You might like McDonald's, I don't. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it varies, but it don't mean we're going to fall out over it. But yet, it seems in 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 boxing or in sport, you know, you don't agree with somebody, it's like all falling out and, and raging. But we have to understand that everybody has an opinion, opinion of their eyesight, their view, their line of sight, whichever side of the ring they're at. Watching it at home on TV is completely different to watching it live. Um, so there's different reasonings for different opinions, but at least you can explain that. At least you can explain that if you're asked a question. But when you're not asked a question, there's no explanation. And so fans just think it's a load of shit. Dave, in the past, when we get these horrible decisions, whether it's fighters, promoters, or trainers, we're, we're kind of media savvy and we're like, well, we have to just respect the judge's decision. And, you know, we're too kind to the judges. On 
Saturday night, Eddie Hearn was very, very vocal uh, on the mic on Sky Sports. Johnny Nelson as well was very vocal. Do we now need to be more vocal? We saw Lewis Ritson and Vasquez a couple of months ago, which was horrific as well. And this wasn't a, you know, like you said, Kika might have nicked it, but if they had given it just a few rounds to Zelfa, you can accept it. But when you have it so wide and Kika put in so much effort, you could have just boxed off the back foot all night long, got his pay and, and walked away. But does it, you know, I saw Lou Debella tweet and say, you know, I'm not sending my fighters there. You know, we saw, I read today, Flora Marku in one of the interviews turned around and said, well, I think I got to knock him out because I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get the lunch here. So it, it gives that perception, doesn't it? Is why, that... why is, why is Flora Marku saying that? He's, isn't he the home fighter? Isn't he the, the house fighter anyway? I think obviously in his last fight, it was a draw, wasn't it as well? They gave it as a draw, do you remember? Oh yeah, okay, okay. But, but yeah, he was a house fighter in that. He was a house fighter in that. It's just, he, it's not so much a case of the house fire, it's just how people are seeing things. And this is why people need to understand how are you seeing the fire? Why are you seeing it that way? Because some people look at things differently to others, you know? Um, some people will prefer volume. Um, and some people think that just because you're throwing punches, it means you're winning. Doesn't mean, doesn't matter if it's just missing. Or if the other guy's blocking, they still, they still think that that's a good shot. They still think he's scoring. Other people say, no, well, the defence is actually winning the round there because he's, he's blocking or he's, he's, he's slipping, he's making the guy miss. And those six or seven jabs were clean, were landing, rather than the, just the two power shots. How do you interpret the scoring? How do you see it? Do you think... I? I see it on commentary sometimes where somebody's outboxing somebody, outboxing somebody all the way through the round, and then they get caught with two big punches, two big right, right hands or something, or right and left hook at the end of the round, big shot. Oh, and they're talking about the last 10 seconds as though that swayed the round. So does that mean that two minutes, 50 seconds of control in the round, of boxing, boxing, is outdone by two heavy punches at the end of the round. You didn't go down, but you took two heavy punches. A heavy punches are supposed to score the same as what a jab is. That's, that's how it's supposed to score. But we have a perception, don't we? If there's somebody rolling forward and somebody who's on the back foot, they look like they're running, then we kind of think, oh, he's under pressure, or is he under pressure? But it's it, you know some people prefer the boxing side of things rather than just the come forward. It, 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 that's why I'm saying you kind of have to understand what the judges are looking at and, and what they're judging on. Because it's, I'm not saying it's wrong if they prefer a guy that's coming forward, fine. If they prefer a guy that's going backwards, fine. Whatever. But just how do they how are they seeing it at that time? Just explanation. And I don't get this cloak and dagger thing from the board where you're not allowed to speak to to officials. Bullshit. Bullshit. We have to speak. Trainers, managers, promoters, uh, fighters, fighters, the fighters just giving everything. And he sat there, he's just, just got beat, and he's being asked, Oh, you know, what could you, what do you think could have happened? What, what could you have done differently? Or, and he's having to explain, explain, or he's like, Oh, talk us through this knockdown shot. But a fighter that's won emotional, and he might say something wrong, and then people are like, Oh, you shouldn't be saying that. But they're having to speak and meet laughter. So why can't an official? An official 
has the fighter's career in their hands. An official, if you're judging, you decide whether his pay goes up the next fight or his pay goes down. You decide whether his career moves forward, stagnates or drops. So why are you so far above the fighter that the board should say, no, you're not speaking, they're not speaking, they're not explaining themselves, it's subjective. Yes, I understand it's subjective, but let us hear their, their reasoning behind it. Then I ain't got a problem because I'm, I'm a reasonable human being. If I say, I think this man won, you tell me you think that man won, and we have a discussion, and I say, well, I thought this worked, right? and then you say, oh, no way, I thought this worked, this, blah, 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 and that's why. I ain't going to say, oh, well, you're a twat because I, I don't agree with you. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we, we agree to disagree. But if you're just going to stay stumped, do you know what I mean? But they've got fighters' careers. They've got everybody's careers in the hands. But yet, they, they don't have to, to, to respond to that. They don't have to answer to that. Sticking with the judges, Dave, there's a lot of criticism in the main event, Josh Warrington uh, against Mauricio Lara, where people feel like, from the outset, that he was concussed after he was knocked down. The referee has the best view and the best angle. Should the referee have stopped that fight? in that situation? Um, I, oh, that's, that's a tough one because go through the best fights in Israel. Go through after the fights that we love. My go-to fight is Gatti versus Ward. Gatti could have been stopped in that fight. He was a part of that fight where Gatti's literally in a corner and he's getting pummeled, getting pummeled, half, half turning away, getting pummeled. And I think Jim Lampley says, you can stop the fight, ref. I think it was Alfred McCanty or something like that. He says, you can stop the fight. You can stop the fight. But then look at how he came back. We, you know, we got, we got drama. We got, look at Evander Holyfield in round 10 when Reddy Bow does him. And he just sags and he's gone. He's absolutely gone. And then he comes back. Diego Corrales goes down twice. There are so many points in, in boxing where you could say, you can make a valid case for a fight being stopped. The referee has to make that call. And I understand the ref's supposed to look after the, the safety. I understand that. I get that. But I find it hard to... to do you, no, do you know what it is? All it is is, is the consistency. Because it's one thing saying, yes, allow, allow it just to see. But then once you look like the, the, the reacting to every time we get hit, it's a little bit, uh, I, just, I get that, stop the fight. But the main thing is that's their, that's their opinion. They're, like you said, they're up close, they're seeing that. And, and I'll understand whichever way they go. Um, you stop a fight, sometimes you stop it too early. Did they see something that we didn't see when we're sat way back here? Did they see something? So fair enough, they're looking after the fight, fair enough. But my problem is the consistency. Would they have stopped it or would they have let the fight go on for Lara, for any opponent? If the answer is yes, I'd let it go on, then fair enough. But would you? If the answer is that I've probably stopped it, well, that's the problem because there's no consistency there. So as far as ref's concerned, he's, I, can't, I can't be critical of... of what his viewpoint is, because I haven't got his viewpoint. 
that's his call. That's he's an experienced referee. That's his call. So that's that's you know that's down to him and what he sees. I from where I was at, I thought it should have been stopped. From where I was at, when he gets up and he's tottering all about, I thought it should have been stopped. But that's that's what I saw. That's my opinion. It's but I'm not a referee. Consistency, Dave. I saw an interview today from Mike Costello from the BBC and said, Howard Foster, we, all we're asking for people outside of boxing and, and people who are involved in boxing is consistency. You know, when Howard Foster stopped George Groves against Carl Froch in the first fight, you know, this was no different to that scenario. So we're not saying whether it's right or wrong. What we're saying is be consistent with what you're doing. Yeah. So here's another thing where this might play a factor in. And um, George George Groves, hello, have you gone? I can hear you, Dave. My my video's gone for some reason, but I can carry on. I'm not trying to fix. Ah, oh, okay. Um, uh, so with George Groves, when he boxed, when Howard Foster stopped him against Carl Froch, sat on the ring apron and said something that I think holds true. Not maybe not not consciously, but. If you have a reputation, he said about himself, because he at that point he had a reputation for being a little bit chinny. People thought they were a bit chinny. So kind of a little bit be a bit more protective over him. It's not bad, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Ref's looking after you, he's, he's looking out for you. But it might make him sometimes make a hasty decision. If you're a fighter who we associate as being tough, got a great chin, granite chin, can't hit, can't hit him, can't nail him. We tend to be more willing to see it go a little bit longer, aren't we? Give him another chance. Look, he's got a great chance. I mean, what he stopped it for? He's come back before. He's been hurt before. He's come back. So we tend to let those kind of fighters take a little bit more punishment. So was that a factor in what Howard knows about, about Josh Warrington is that he's seen him in the fights that he's had, probably refed or judged him quite a few times and seen that he, he takes a good shot. Um, and he's tough. I don't think he's ever been down. So maybe he thought that he can come through there. Maybe. What I'm saying is, sometimes I do think so. maybe we, we tailor what we with certain fighters. It's like, um, it's like you can watch a slick boxer who hardly gets hit. Right, and a different boxer. There's two, there's two prospects, and one's a slick boxer who doesn't get hit much, and the other guy's a come forward fighter, hands up, blocks a lot of shots, gets hit through a lot of shots. Again, I see it on commentary. People don't really talk about the fact that he's getting hit, he's getting hit, he's getting hit, he's getting hit. But then the slick boxer who hardly gets caught might might get caught a couple of times in a round. And it's like, oh, it's it's been it's been it. Oh, he's he's caught him with the right hand there. Oh, he's caught. There was one where where I've ever said, oh, he nearly got hit with that shot. Nearly got hit. We see it. We we talk about fighters differently. It's not it's not the same because slick fighter gets hit twice twice three times around. It's a big thing. The guy that's just walking forward and his his style is to take one or two to land his own shots. You don't talk about that. Maybe that's subconsciously similar. When you're talking about a referee and and whether you know they're willing to see another man, one man take more punishment than one 
the tape like another man. You know, maybe I don't know. Again, we have to speak to him to find out. If we're allowed to ask the ref, how come you didn't stop it? What did you see? We get answers. That's all we want. That's all we want. And I think that's that. I think that's fair. Hey, where do you think went wrong for Josh Warrington? Was it? I know he was looking ahead. Gary Russell, um, Leo Santa Cruz. He hasn't fought for sixteen months. There was no fans there. Underestimating Lara, maybe is was it the weight? What what did you think? It could listen. It could it could be a blend of a lot a lot of what you've just said there. So many things. I do, people don't understand just how weird it is boxing right now with no fans. Not do you know what there was a di- there's a difference between fight camp and Wembley. Big difference. Fight camp. You're all outdoors. You just seem to hear more, more vibrant noise, more noise. There's a drone, there was, you know, there just seemed to be more to it. At Wembley, it's pure silence. It's weird. It's really, really quiet. Obviously, you hear corners, but it's really, really quiet. It's just eerie. Um, so maybe there's that. And I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying maybe there's that. that I'm, I'm on about for all fighters. Fighters have to deal with this situation. Um, I don't know anything about the weight. I don't know. 16 months, obviously, he's been out. But it's not even that. Round one, it's about decisions, I think. Round one, he came out and he started slinging. He started standing in front and being aggressive with the Mexican. There were two things that we said about Lara going in. One was that apparently he's very heavy-handed. And the other one is he's tough. So... If he's heavy-handed and he's tough, but then you look at him and his fights, you look at him on the pads and his workouts, he's got terrible feet. He's not a great boxer. He's very tough and he can punch. So if you stand right in front of him, throwing four and five punches at a time with him, you know a Mexican is going to punch with you. You're giving him a chance. You're You're... You're boxing to his assets. You're boxing in a way that allows him to use his assets. If Warrington had got on his back foot and just boxed and been a bit smart, then would he be able to would he be able to outbox Lara to stop Lara from using his assets? Yes, I think so. And then it's a different fight. But he's been out for 16 months. The Leeds Leeds warrior and all that lot mentality. Wanting to wanting to please the fans and things like that. Maybe just what, and also taking him lightly, thinking like everybody else did going into the fight. Nobody's said before the fight he's a killer. Nobody's said before the fight this guy's, you know, the next one coming through out of Mexico. He was all slating the fight, saying it's, it's wrong, it's, you know, it's out of order, shouldn't be fighting him, it's disgusting, rah, rah, rah. So maybe he's kind of thought that subconsciously and thought, I can just go in there and put on a, put on a show. And it's fucked up. And that's, you know, that's, that's how it can be in boxing. You, these Mexicans and fighters like that that are brought the hard way and, and they're, they're built differently to us. You know, they're built differently to us just to survive. Um, but yeah, just to survive, they're, they're built differently to us. So to, to fight them in their way, that's what they want. That's what they want. And you, you would never, you could never bet against a Mexican warrior in a fight 
it's very, very, it's very, very dangerous to stand there and fight with him. You have to be smart. Even in your, if you exchange, you have to be smart in the exchanges. But I just thought Warrington was reckless and and he didn't think even even when he was getting clipped in the first two rounds in the exchanges, he didn't then think, do you know what? Whew, fuck this. I'm gonna be a little bit smarter now. Because I thought after the first round, I, I said I said it to Eddie, I was sat next to. And I I said to him, I said, I expect now he's going to get a bollocking off his dad and he'll go out on your box now. And after a couple of rounds, I was like, okay, all right, Josh. We've had whatever happens now, we've had a good little fight. Get boxing now. Because you could see this was dangerous. And, and these Mexicans, they, they don't care if they're losing the fight. If they're hitting something, they're going back proud that this is what they want. This is, this is they feel like they're in it. And so he paid the price. And that's what I think went wrong. Obviously, I'd, uh, whether or not all these other mitigating circumstances, yes, they might have played a part, but ultimately he made the wrong decisions in there. It's like, it's like what I've said about Jordan when Jordan fought Tinoco. He was, yes, he wasn't right. There was other things that were going off, but when the bell went, he made the wrong decisions. He chose to stand and start firing with Mexican. Big mistake. Just a final one on that, Dave. Um, Eddie's spoken about a rematch, depending how Josh feels. But the nature where Josh is in his career and his age, if he's your fighter, do you put him back in a rematch with someone like that? Or do you say, you know what, let's just go and get the big paydays now, Josh. You've, you've become a world champion. You've beat some great fighters. Let's go and get those big fights. Depends, depends what's out there for him. Depends what they can, you know, has that damage his marketability, the finances for the big fights, has that damaged how, you know, the other fighters look at him and say, well, we don't need Josh Warrington? Or do they actually now think, well, now he looks, you can see that he can get beat. Yeah, I'll fight him. It might open up a door for him. You don't know. Um, look at it. I still say Warrington wants to, wants to take that rematch. I still say Warrington boxes smart. Warrington beats him. Still the same fighter. You can't, you know, you, you can't, you can't all of a sudden talk about Lara being Superman. Look, you know, where were that energy before the fight? Everyone was saying he weren't, weren't very good. Just strong, just strong. That's it. Every hand tough, hungry fighter. That's it. Take those elements away from him, and then you know, it's still the same fighter. Yes, he'll be more confident now, but I don't particularly feel feels of. He wasn't confident going in in the first place. But if Josh Warrington were to be smart, I would I would put the money on Warrington to beat him in a rematch. But is will he be able to get a, a better, bigger fight now at this stage? Obviously, we're talking about he was talking about coming towards the end of his career. He was talking about the finishing line before this fight. I, I believe he's a lot closer to it now after that fight as well. So it's about what what they want, what they think's best for him next. Okay, all right, Dave, thank you for giving me a little bit of time. I know you're in the bubble Cheers. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. You've got Jordan on Saturday night on a great card, top uh, top of the bill, Avanissian and, and Josh Kelly. So um, I, the reason I haven't discussed that in case people are wondering is because obviously the guys are there in the bubble, so they'll touch base with you face-to-face. Yeah. Dave Cole, it was all a right. pleasure. Take care, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Dave Cole, Cheers, I, Matt. Thank you, thank you very much.